you have your Bibles, let's return once again to the book of 1 Samuel. I invite you to open uh, with me to 1 Samuel chapter 18. Let me remind you of where we've been just in terms of titles. We started off with the anointed. We then turned to the champion. Last week, we looked at the rival. And today, we look at the friend. 1 Samuel chapter 18, I invite you, if you are able and willing to stand for the reading of God's word, we're going to begin in chapter 18, verses 1 through 4, and then I'm going to be jumping around a little bit into chapter 19, into chapter 20, and uh, so we're going to cover a big swath of scripture, but I'm not going to read the entirety of it this morning for the sake of time. Uh, this, I think you'll find, will be plenty enough uh, to get the picture of the scene of David's life that we're going to look at today. Listen as I read 1 Samuel 18. As soon as he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And Saul took him that day and would not let him return to his father's house. Then Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was on him and he gave it to David and his armor and even his sword and his bow and his belt. And Saul spoke to Jonathan, his son, and to all his servants that they should kill David. But Jonathan, Saul's son, delighted much in David. And Jonathan told David, Saul, my father seeks to kill you. Therefore, be on your guard in the morning. Stay in a secret place and hide yourself. And I will go out and stand beside my father in the field where you are. And I will speak to my father about you. And if I learn anything, I will tell you. And Jonathan spoke well of David to Saul, his father, and said to him, Let not the king sin against his servant David, because he has not sinned against you, and because his deeds have brought good to you. For he took his life in his hand, and he struck down the Philistine, and the Lord worked a great salvation for all Israel. You saw it and rejoiced. Why then will you sin against innocent blood by killing David without cause? Then David fled from Nioth and Ramah and came and said before Jonathan, what have I done? What is my guilt and what is my sin before your father that he seeks my life? And he said to him, far from it, you shall not die. Behold, my father does nothing, either great or small, without disclosing it to me. And why should my father hide this from me? It is not so. But David vowed again, saying, Your father knows well that I have found favor in your eyes. And he thinks, Do not let Jonathan know this, lest he be grieved. But truly as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, there is but a step between me and death. And Jonathan said to David, Whatever you say, I will do for you. David said to Jonathan, Behold, tomorrow is the new moon. And I should not fail to sit at table with the king, but let me go that I may hide myself in the field till the third day at evening. If your father misses me at all, then say, David earnestly asked leave of me to run to Bethlehem, his city, for there is a yearly sacrifice there for all the clan. If he says good, it will be well with your servant. But if he is angry, then know that harm is determined by him. Therefore, deal kindly with your servant. For you have brought your servant into a covenant of the Lord with you. But if there is guilt in me, kill me yourself. For why should you bring me to your father? 
And Jonathan said, far be it from you. If I knew that it was determined by my father that harm should come to you, would I not tell you? Then David said to Jonathan, who will tell me if your father answers you roughly? And Jonathan said to David, come, let us go out into the field. So they went, both went out into the field. And Jonathan said to David, the Lord, the God of Israel, be witness when I have sounded out my father about this time tomorrow or the third day. Behold, if he is well disposed toward David, shall I not then send and disclose it to you? But should it please my father to do you harm, the Lord do so to Jonathan and and more also if I do not disclose it to you and send you away that you may go in safety. May the Lord be with you as he has been with my father. If I am still alive, show me the steadfast love of the Lord that I may not die. And do not cut off your steadfast love from my house forever when the Lord cuts off every one of the enemies of David from the face of the earth. And Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David saying, may the Lord take vengeance on David's enemies. And Jonathan made David swear again by his love for him for he loved him as he loved his own soul. And Jonathan gave his weapons to his boy and said to him, go and carry them to the city. And as soon as the boy had gone, David rose from behind the stone heap and fell on his face to the ground and bowed three times. And they kissed one another and wept with one another, David weeping the most. Then Jonathan said to David, go in peace, because we have sworn both of us in the name of the Lord, saying, the Lord shall be between me and you and between my offspring and your offspring forever. And he rose and departed, and Jonathan went into the city. Amen. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. This is the word of God. I know that was a lot to read. It was a lot to hear, a lot to digest. We're not going to be able to get too lost in the trees uh, this morning, but hopefully it gives you a picture. That's what my intent was that you would get a picture, a snapshot of this relationship that's highlighted in David's life. The bonds of friendship are a beautiful thing, aren't they? Even when the world sees friendship, they stop and they recognize and and they marvel. Remember a few months ago when Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away and this friendship between her and Antonin Scalia was highlighted. Two ideologically polar opposites, and yet a sweet friendship between rivals. The passages I just read to you cover a lot of ground in the life of of David, a lot of detail that we really could dig into, but at the heart of it all is this beautiful friendship between Jonathan, the heir apparent, the son of Saul, and David, the true king to be. It's a friendship that simultaneously, I think, preaches three things to us. One, it reveals the means by which Yahweh preserves his anointed one, right? Yahweh is preserving David through this friendship. Preserving David, who will be significant for the line of the Messiah, of course. This friendship also pictures for us 
here today the value and the importance of, of earthly friendships, a reality that, that some of you know all too well in your life, maybe a reality that some of you long for more of. But even as it does these two things, it points us, I think, to one significant thing, maybe the most significant thing, and it's what I'd like our hearts to meditate on for the next few minutes from this passage. One truth, three words under that one truth, but one truth, and it's this. Let the friendship of God be your refuge. Let the friendship of God be your refuge. You see, what I'd like us to think about and marvel in is the reality that through the most famous friendship in all the scriptures, what we actually see is our friendship, a picture of our friendship with God through Jesus Christ, his son. Now perhaps you, see me, you hear me say that and, and it feels kind of funny, or worse yet, it feels a bit offensive to you, right? I'm not sure you're thinking. God is God. Is God. God is robed in majesty. He is attended with the words, holy, holy, holy. He's, he's not my buddy. And if you feel that, that, that's not all that bad. It's good for you to feel that. It's good for you to be careful. Those things are true and we, we need not forget them. We ought not forget them. But at the same time, I want to remind you this morning that Abraham was called the friend of God three different times in the scripture. I want to remind you of John chapter 15, the words of our Lord Jesus John chapter 15, 13 through 15, he says this, greater love has no one than this that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends. If you do what I command you, no longer do I call you servants. For the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. Three times Jesus calls his followers friends. In Christ, you are God's friend. Now, of course, you've got to, you've got to think about it a little bit differently than your childhood buddy and the slapping on the back and how you might relate to them. It's better because in Christ, God's friendship is a refuge. Jumping back into the story of David, this is one of the most dangerous times in David's life. He has returned from all these successes, well-loved, which has only fueled the envy of a tormented Saul, right? And we talked about that a little bit last week. Saul is keeping an eye on David, in this verse as we read this morning, chapter 18, verse 2, it says that he doesn't let David return to his father, but he keeps him close. Why is he keeping him close? Because he wants to kill him. In chapters 18 through 20, as 
Saul becomes increasingly envious of David. He tries to kill him either directly or indirectly six times. This is a rough, difficult time in David's life. And yet the whole episode, the whole episode that I just read to you is bracketed beginning and end 18.1 to 20 verse 42 with the love and commitment of a friend named Jonathan. As David is trying to endure this season of his life, this friendship becomes a refuge like no other. In the midst of all the uncertainty, David has Jonathan. Now I suppose that we could just take We could just take that friendship and we could just frame it as exhibit A of friendship. And we could just talk about the importance of cultivating those kinds of friendships, those kinds of kindred spirit friendships. And and that wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing. It is true. We are made in the image of God and therefore we are made for relationship. After all, all the it was good pronouncements that we see in creation, they they kept happening until they hit a wall because suddenly Adam was alone and, and it wasn't good and the Lord needed to do something. Those of you who have been gifted with spouses know that in a marriage, it's gonna take more than attraction to sustain that relationship. It's going to take friendship. But I think there's something more here than a helpful prod for us to simply be about making good friends. There's a reminder to take refuge in the one who has made you his friend. Made in in his image for relationship, yes. But more than that, made in his image ultimately for fellowship with him, with the triune God. So let me focus your attention briefly on just three words from this passage that help point us in this direction. And the words are this, covenant, chesed, and robes. First of all, covenant. Jonathan's love for David is clearly out of this world. It's God-given. The narrator uses the strongest of language. 18.1, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. He loved him as his own soul, is said twice in the first three verses of chapter 18. And then 19.1, the narrator says, Jonathan delighted much in David. You see, this rich, intense, supernatural love results in a covenant. In a covenant. And we talk a lot about covenant in this church, rightly so, because the Bible talks a lot about it. This rich biblical word and idea that we see all over the scriptures, it's the reality that undergirds this whole episode in David's life. The fact that solemn 
promises and commitments have been made between David and between Jonathan. It's introduced in 18.3. It's mentioned again in chapter 20, verse 8, and then it's worked out in the rest of chapter 20. And this isn't a contract between two parties. It's a declaration that I will stay no matter what. But what do I always tell you about the definition of covenant, the, the children's definition? A relation, what is a covenant? A relationship that God sets up with us and guarantees by his word. We see an earthly version of that here because you see Jonathan, Jonathan is in the driver's seat of this relationship. Do you see that? He was the one with all the power. He was the one that was next in line as king. He didn't owe David anything, but out of sheer love, he condescends, he binds himself to David. He will bear the brunt of Saul's wrath for the protection of David. All because of covenant. And at the heart of of covenant is this second word, hesed. Now that's not an English word. It's a Hebrew word. If we were to bring it into English, it would be spelled H-E-S-E-D. You've heard me zero in on this word a hundred times. It's this rich Hebrew word which is impossible to translate into what just one English word. We see it all over this passage. We see it in 20 verse eight in David's words to Jonathan in the context of covenant pleading for his life. Would you deal kindly with me? But hesed is so much more than just kind dealings with one another. Hesed carries with it this idea of loyal love and compassion and faithfulness and devotion, which is why it's often translated in our Bibles as steadfast love. And it's this intense covenantal love that will cause David to put his life in the hands of his friend Jonathan. As the story goes, we skipped a lot of the details of the story, but David is going to miss this dinner feast to test, to determine if Saul, what, what Saul's intentions towards him are. And Jonathan will put himself out there in order to notify David and protect David of his findings. And all of this happens because of Hesed. Which brings us to the last phrase, which is really an act. Chapter 18, verse 4, Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was on him and he gave it to David and his armor and even his sword and his bow and his belt. Robes of royalty. Symbols of kingship. Recognizing who David is, Jonathan in this foreshadowing move strips himself of his robe, transfers the rights of succession and kingship to David as the true and rightful king. We don't hear that Jonathan is thinking this, but he says it explicitly in chapter 23, verse 17. He just shows it here. Jonathan isn't concerned about his own glory. He is committed to the Lord's purposes. He is committed to the Lord's choice of David, to the Lord's anointed. 
covenant, hesed, and robes. So let's bring this all together in order to see the refuge that the friendship of God is. Every week we've been in an episode of David's life, we have sought to see Jesus. We're going to continue to see Jesus because Jesus is all over the scriptures and he's all over the life of David. But often as we've come, at least until this point, we've come and We've seen in the character of David as the anointed, as the champion, that David is the one who has pointed us to the hero of the story, God, Jesus, the one to come. But here in this friendship, it seems that Jonathan's actions actually point us where our hearts need to go. It's Jonathan's actions that point us to the heart of God. You see, as Jonathan condescends to enter into covenant with David, so the Lord condescends in the person of Jesus to bring us back to himself. As Jonathan gives us glimpse of chesed love, so the Lord, who in Exodus 34 is described as slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, abounding in chesed love, becomes in the person of Jesus, John 1.14, full of grace and truth, the embodiment of chesed love. As Jonathan empties himself of his rightful glory and wraps those robes around his friend, so the Lord Jesus did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing. And as Isaiah 61.10 says, those robes of righteousness then become our robes to cover our sin and to make us God's righteous heirs. You see, that's why I say, as you see Jonathan, as you see David, as you see this relationship, what you need to see is the friendship of God that is your refuge. You see, David, David couldn't make these things happen. I mean, yeah, he was popular. He was the anointed one of God, in about 20 years, 19, 20 years. But at least in this episode, in this season, he's simply got to rest in the actions of his friend. Proverbs eighteen twenty four. There's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. I proclaim to you this morning that Jesus is that friend. And so the question for you is, are you friends with the true king? Are you friends with Jesus? Are you resting in what he has done for you? As we close, at the very end of these verses, some of the last verses I read to you in verse 42, David, or excuse me, Jonathan instructs David to go in peace. And he says that not because the danger is gone, not because Saul's relationship with David has somehow changed or gotten better. No, he says that because the relationship that they have, the covenant that binds them together, 
gives David the security that he needs to go in peace. So brothers and sisters, the application of this passage of this scene is in the midst of of whatever valleys you are being led through, whatever storms are raging around you, go in peace because you go in the friendship of God. He will stay true. He is able. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this incredible picture, this incredible scene, this incredible relationship between your servant David and your servant Jonathan. Father, we thank you all the more for where it points our hearts to the one who has condescended on our behalf, the one who is not ashamed to call us brothers and sisters, the one who dwells with us, who sticks closer to us than the closest earthly relationship. Oh, Father, I pray that you would teach us Increasingly show us what the friendship of God looks like and and means to us. That we might not keep you at a distance, that we might not make all that we might not make our salvation all about what is to come, but that we might receive and rest in the life and in the relationship that you offer and give to your people right now. Father, we love you, and we thank you for loving us through the sending of your Son, through the giving of your Spirit. And we pray this in Jesus' great name. Amen.